Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bread and Wine Podcast. As always, I'm here. My name is Seth, and we've got Carl here as well. Hallelujah. Uh, this is a interesting podcast because we currently have socks on top of our microphones. I'm in. We are currently at my house because my baby son is asleep, and it would be difficult uh, now that he's getting older to do a podcast with him crawling over the floor. So <laughs> we did our best to transport our sound equipment over to my house, and we forgot the, what is it called, sound dampener things? I guess so. I don't know what those are called, but uh, yeah. So we're here on my couch with a sock on our microphones, doing the best we can. So if it sounds a little less quality than normal, please bear with us. And we love you, and we're thankful that you're here anyways. Amen. <laughs> uh, Carl, do you want to introduce our topic today? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about different characteristics of God, different attributes of the Father that we see in our lives as well as in Scripture. Amen. And really the thought behind this from the Holy Spirit is um, there's there's many different attributes of God that we experience throughout our lives, and that's an ever-growing thing that we're identifying is who is God, what makes him who he is. And so the more we can come into understanding of who he is, the better we can begin to stabilize our life in those foundational truths of his character. And really those foundational truths of his character are going to provide us a foundation for a house, our life being the house, a strong house to build our life upon. Um, and when the torrents of life come, we lean into that character trait of God. So, for example, maybe it's um, faithfulness. God is faithful, and there's a myriad of stories that we can mention of God's faithfulness. Uh, but let's say a, a moment in life comes where you've experienced unfaithfulness, infidelity, cheating. Uh, something happens to you that someone was lying, whatever it may be. What do you do in that moment? Your life starts to crumble. That you feel like your your feet are losing their footing, their grip. What we can do is say, "But God is faithful." Amen. And we can go back to that foundation, find our footing again, put ourselves back up on onto the ground, pick ourselves up, and He's going to pick us up uh, and start start over and keep going with Him. So, uh, with that in mind. I praise the Lamb Amen. that He is faithful. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's a that's a good one to talk about. Just because, like, we we are constantly in relationship with all these people around us throughout the courses of our lives. There's different chapters and there's different um, stages of life. You know, where we're walking closely with you know a group of people that we develop relationship with, and <laughs> he's laughing because there's a sock on this microphone. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it looks Sorry. like if somebody had had like a hat on sideways. That's what this looks like because you know you've got like the mid-range sock. <laughs> <laughs> Seth has like a short sock on his, but I've got a mid-range sock on mine, so we our socks aren't matching, and I've only got my sock pulled up to just the, <laughs> just the midpoint. Sorry, man. So it's I, like I, a, I just lost it. When you looked at me a little bit. It's like a sideways hat. It looks ridiculous. 
<laughs> we should probably be post a picture of the microphones somewhere in Jesus' name. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. <sighs> yeah. We walk through life in <laughs> different chapters in different relations. <laughs> I can't with the, with the sock. That's all I can see now. I'm just going to hold this sock. <laughs> Come on, you, oh, you got it, bro. Sorry, I, oh. I didn't mean to interrupt us. Uh, ho- hope we're bringing a little bit of joy to your day. I looked over and he's just like cheesing as big as you could possibly imagine and trying not to laugh. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he's he's joyful. God is joyful. Amen. He invented laughter and socks. That's true. oh lord oh wow but yeah so there's different there's different stages of life and we we you know walk through relationship with each other we were created for relationship because we were made in the image of our creator right in the image of god we were made and um so we were designed for relationship so that's that's a really big part of our lives yeah and that that kind of reminds me of one of the most important attributes of god the, one of the very first ones that we see in the scriptures is God as creator. He is creator. He's He created everything. He created the world. He created us. Uh, he did, like you just said, he created us in his image. Uh, and what that means is that God can create something out of anything. And he is the most creative one in all of existence. Like hmm. he's outside of existence. He created existence. He created these words that I'm saying, like he made them, he made all the myriads of fish in the sea. He made the beautiful colors that we, that we have and can look at. He probably sees colors that we don't like there's colors that we don't even know about. Uh, and he thought of it all. So when, when I think of creator, you know, and I'm, maybe I'm in a position of life where I'm needing to be creative. (laughs) I know the most creative one of them all. Wow. Praise the lamb. And he has it all in his hands. Uh, So I can go to him and lean on him for creativity. Um, If I'm creating life, I can go to him, the originator of all things. God, I'm trying to create a a human with my wife, her husband. And Father, I need your creative Holy Spirit to make that happen. Only your Holy Spirit does that. So uh, understanding God as creator, I think, is one of the more foundational elementary ones that we all have to come into an agreement with from the very beginning of our faith. Amen. And I, I love how you said, like, in this in this place that you're in right now, you need to know him as creator. Um, I love, like, thinking about how when he created everything, like, he had no blueprints, like, he had no reference point. He's that creative and he's that wise. And so... <laughs> that sock is really wild. Sorry. Um, anyway, in this chapter that we're, you know, walking through any chapter in life, um, we have the ability to look to God, the creator of all things, and ask him for his creative wisdom. <laughs> the sock. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it.
<laughs> Should we take them off? <laughs> okay. I guess we're going to have to deal with the peas or something. Okay, so we are picking back up where we had to cut because it just looked too ridiculous having a conversation with socks on the microphone. Um so we're just <laughs> we're just going to pick up um I don't remember where we were. We just laughed for a long time. <laughs> um, praise God. Do you just want to go back to what you were saying and pick back up from I there? don't remember what I was... Oh, what was I saying? I kind of want to leave as much of the laughter in there as we can. It's pretty funny. Not all of it, but right. a healthy portion. <sighs> yeah, so... Jesus, you were talking. Oh. you're talking about the uh, create. Cr- we're talking about create creator and yeah, creator and how. Okay, that's right. And and you were talking about um, how you need him um, as the creative creator in this chapter of life. And um, I think that there's something that happens when we recognize him as creative creator. When we begin to realize that we have access by way of the Holy Spirit to the most creative person that's ever lived and that ever will live. Like the very God that created everything from nothing (sighs) with no blueprint. And so when we go through things in life where we say to ourselves, I don't know what to do right now. I'm not sure how to handle this um, situation or I don't know how to process um, through this mentally, emotionally, spiritually Um, I'm not sure how to build this thing that God's asking me to build. The really good news is that we have access to a creative creator who created all things and is still the most wise and sovereign and creative um, person um, in the history of anything. Like, he's God. And so we have access to ask him and to allow him to guide us. It even says in the word that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. And so when we go to him um, for creativity or to be taught, um, he is faithful to answer when we ask him. Amen. And I'm just thinking of uh, Noah right now. This dude didn't know how to build an ark. Good word. I mean, right? I mean, how, how could he have? No one had ever done that before. But God gave him the blueprints on how to build it. Um, even the temple, like the temple, if, if you go through and yeah, take yeah, the time yeah, and, yeah. and read all of the little intricate details of this temple and how to build it and what God wanted, uh, God gave the details for that. And right. Solomon and his whole crew figured out how to do it with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit he recreates us he is the great recreator Mm. where we lost something in our sin but the holy spirit recreates the divine in us and he's recreating it right now bringing us into the fullness of our unique composition that god originally designed so not only is god creator but he's also recreator when something is broken Um, and so for all of you out there that say i'm broken in this area trust in the recreator to bring it to an even better finish than it was before Uh, and he will do that 
He absolutely will do that. And God is, there's something else, uh, another attribute that's coming to mind as we're speaking about this is God's sovereignty, uh, his superiority, um, his omniscience, his greatness, you know, like behold, behold him, behold him. We were talking with a friend yesterday and he mentioned how uh, Jewish thought basically views God as right above us in the sky. Like he's up there watching us. Um, he's in control of everything. And we kind of like to take the control out of God's hands. But the sovereignty of God, like he is in control of even the tiniest little fly that flies into your yeah. house. God is aware of it. He's aware of that. Uh, and how pitiful of us to think of him any less than him being aware of every single little thing. And here's also a newsflash. He's already seen it. He's already seen your whole life. Time is not a boundary for him. He's seen what you will do, what you will be, who you will become, and the things that you will do. Like, he's seen it all. Uh, And so just understanding the vastness of his being for me, that, that gives me comfort, I think, in, in a really surreal way uh, because he's already got it all figured out. Like, I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to know all the pieces. He already does. So I can just lean into him in faith and say, I trust that you got it. And that's a really, really key piece to living a peaceful life. <sighs> yeah, learning to trust in his sovereignty, man, that's that's a really, 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 um, it's just a beautiful thing to meditate on. And um, the way it works for me, I feel like, is like I'll f- so quickly forget the sovereignty of God. And he'll constantly, in his sovereignty, remind me of his sovereignty. Um, like that friend that, that we're just talking about, it seems like he always shows up to remind me of the sovereignty of God. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced something where, you know, you're just walking through life and you're, you're, you know, maybe going through a hard day or you're going through a hard time. And all of a sudden, just the right person at the right time has the right word to say. And it's like, wait a minute, like, how is this conversation happening? And how are you even here? You know, you reflect on the sovereignty of God in those, in those situations, um, and I feel like it's always, God's always inviting us into that place of, of trusting in his sovereignty. I would love to know why the heck I always think that I can figure things out better than God. Like, why am I always trying to like outsmart God in his sovereignty? Like with, with my plans or my understanding, if I'm not constantly like, you know, in that relationship with him. Um, I quickly lose sight of his sovereignty. I quickly lose sight of, you know, how faithful he is, of how trustworthy he is. And um, that's, that's uh, yeah, that, that's an area that, that I would love to grow in. And that, Lord, grow all of us in, in understanding your sovereignty. I feel like if we really had a, a true and strong grasp on how sovereign God is, if we really had eyes to see that reality, like, we just wouldn't worry about stuff. We wouldn't mm. be anxious. We wouldn't be afraid. Um, we wouldn't be um, jealous. We wouldn't be um, in competition. We wouldn't be 
um, striving our way through life, we would really just recognize like the provision of a perfect father um, and in his sovereignty over each and every life. Um, and so anyway, that's, I, I love reflecting on that, man. Amen. And I'm thinking of an example. The first thing that came to mind was the woman at the well and the sovereignty of God to know that she would be there um, when Jesus meets her there, the sovereignty of God. He knows her entire life situation. Um, she's a Samaritan, and there's obviously the uh, divide between the Samaritans and the Jews, and God wants to bring reconciliation to them. Um, so there, there's a, a sovereign will there, e- even uh, you know at that same well where Jacob you know met his wife or would you know have his wife be there. And, and th- again, the sovereignty of God there in that situation as well um the sovereignty of god to know that the son of perdition um judas iscariot you know would betray jesus and that whole thing having to happen like god knew it god saw it uh god (laughs) i don't i don't know if we say he fashioned it um i don't know what to say about that but there's obviously questions there about the sovereignty of god and free will and all that we're not going to go into all that but just to say there's instances all throughout the scriptures where we see the work of god that where he has gone before us he has gone he went before jesus he went before mary you know and provided the angels like there's so much that like he is moving all the pieces he's a general behind the stage and he knows every move that will ever happen um he doesn't have to guess he doesn't have to, you know, change his mind on things. Like, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and he knows what's going to happen with your life, too. Yeah. And that's why he's trustworthy um, because of his foreknowledge and his all knowingness. Yeah. He is trustworthy with your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, what you're saying right now, it reminds me. Um, of uh, Romans eight twenty eight, when it talks about that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. There's um, this story that I heard in a sermon one time that um, I really, really appreciated. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and share that story because I, I often pray this um, when I feel led to for certain people. Um, but in this story, there is a man who is a tapestry maker, basically. And his profession and his skill... Um, his craft is to make tapestries. Um, he makes the most beautiful tapestries in all of the world, right? And he has a he has a little girl, and so his daughter, um, she she sees how her father makes these beautiful tapestries, and she wants to make a world-renowned tapestry just like her dad does. These are sought-after tapestries that require years and years of waiting before they can um, receive one just because of how many people want these. And so she um, has her birthday, and she has like her sixth or seventh birthday, and she wants to help her dad. And so um, she goes and she tries to help her dad, you know, craft knit together, form, fashion, this beautiful tapestry. And after the tapestry is finished that her and her, her father work together on, um, they take a look at it and they, and they reveal it to the public. And everybody says, oh my goodness, your daughter, she has the gift. She has the gift. She has the gift. This is the most beautiful tapestry that we've ever seen you make. And the father says, well, if she does have the gift, you sure wouldn't know it. And they said, well, what do you mean? 
And the father says to everybody asking, well, every single stitch that she tried to make when we were knitting this rug together was wrong. And they're like, what do you mean? He said, I anticipated her mistakes and I wove them together into something beautiful. And it's just this picture of how the father in in his sovereignty goes before us. He anticipates our missteps. He anticipates our mistakes. On the cross, when he bled and died, he was staring at us. He was staring at our circumstances in his sovereignty and in his love and in his compassion. And and I just want to let you know that this is what the Father has for each and every one of us, that he has in his sovereignty anticipated our missteps, our mistakes, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, our inconsistencies even, and he has in his sovereignty and love and grace knit together the most beautiful tapestry that we could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Wow. Amen. I love that story. Amen. And then he's got that tapestry hanging up in his in his room, you know. Mm. And he, he loves to look at it. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, wow. That's Unique. a beautiful, dude, that's a really beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Paints that scripture to really, really well yeah. for me. I was going to mention the, uh, the purity of God. That reminds me, too, of the purity of God, where he has no evil motives. Sure. There are no impure <clears throat> motives. Uh, there are no, uh, what do you call, selfish motives. Um, he is yeah. pure. He is pure. His whole plan of creation was pure, um, to have beings to love, to give them dominion and control over a beautiful earth. That was a pure motive and pure intention. Yeah. It was a pure intention to send his son to die for the sins of the world, uh, to resurrect him from the dead. Um, and it's a pure motive for him to cleanse the earth of all unrighteousness. Um, his heart is purity. It desires purity. Um, it desires, yeah, perfect peace. It desires uh, your entire life to be cleansed um, with holiness. He, he is holy. Uh, and there are angels and elders bowing down before him right now saying how holy he is and he's right he makes every right decision he never makes a wrong decision he ne- he can't it's against his character to ever be wrong he will never be wrong he will never be wrong uh and he will never be wrong with you he will never tell you something wrong he will never lie he is completely pure. Yeah. He is perfection. There is no stain in him. Um, and, man, you can't find that anywhere else. Whew. Amen. Yeah, the, the purity thing. Um, there was actually a, a brother on Sunday who was talking about purity. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. He said uh, that purity is singleness and I hadn't ever like heard this before but basically like purity is like if you have something that's pure it's just that one substance it's not like mixed with anything else like if you have pure water there's no um you know sediments or dirt or whatever you know inside of it and so um 
yeah, reflecting on that and how he, he calls us to be holy just as he is holy, um, how his purity ends up permeating every part of us um, when we allow him um, into those parts of our, when we allow him into our life, I guess. And then, you know, as he, as he causes the growth in us, we become purified. Um, it says that God is an all-consuming fire. So um, as, as he purifies us because he himself is pure, um, that's that recreation that, that you were talking about, man. Um, he really, really is recreating us. Um, it's, it's kind of making me think about, um, how he's a relational God as well. Um, I love, um, reflecting on like Abraham and how in the midst of all that chaos that the world was living in, um, and the darkness that was surrounding everything, he, he goes to Abraham and he's like, Hey, let's start a family, Abe, you know? Let's let's start a family. He could have he could have um, solved the issues that were going on in many different ways, but he made a promise, a covenant with Abraham, that um, all the world would be blessed through him, and and that began um, with a relationship between God and Abraham. It even says that you know Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was able to believe him because Abraham was in relationship with God. Um, and, and, and who better to learn, um, you know, how to be in relationship with others in or from than, than God, um, on, on the way here, I I had a brother text me something, um, just about relationship with God in general. Um, I'd like to read it really quick, um, because it, it really speaks to something that I've been going through, like relational wise. Um, this is kind of hard to articulate and it's something I've been noticing in my own life recently is that, um, being in relationship with people for me, man, has for some reason as of late been challenging. I'm not sure why that is. I I think, you know, um, it can be uncomfortable to put yourself out there, um, you know, after experiencing certain things in life and, um, you know, having, uh, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, the Bible says. And so, you know, before the Lord, there's so much hope deferred that takes place and then God restores hope. And so it's interesting to learn how to walk in relationship. We're constantly growing, but I'm going to read this really quick. Um, it says, if we take the fact that our relationship with our friends, family, and spouses are not perfect, then why do we expect our relationship with God to be? A true relationship is not always happy, but it is faithful in all things. Just like love, because God is love, love does not walk away when it gets hard. Love always stands in truth with grace. So if you claim to be in a true relationship with God, do not run away when it gets hard or when things in this world are pressing you from all sides. Stay in the relationship and you will stay in his love. Abide in him and he will abide in you. Remain faithful because he always has and always will be. And when he when he read that to me, we were on the phone, um, I just started crying because um, I want to love the way that, that God loves. I want to I want to be in relationship with others the way that God desires for me to be in relationship with others. And just because it's hard or it's uncomfortable or I don't understand everything, or maybe even there's disagreements, right? But we're part of the same body, 
we we all sit at the table we all eat the body we all drink the blood of jesus and so when things get hard what are we going to do will we continue to love or will we run away because god doesn't run away and just because it's hard and things are pressing in around you he is a relational god that's an attribute of god that for me has changed my life and is continuing continuing to do that um you seth bro have really shown me um personally like through how how you love me as your brother like what kind of um relationship god desires with us man you you always show up um you go out of your way when things are getting hard you know in my life to 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 be there for me um as best you can um and bro i'm i'm thankful for that um for how you have helped me understand yeah how god is a relational god because you Express that really well, bro. Wow. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I appreciate man. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love how all of us, uh, you've talked about this a lot. We all exhibit maybe a different character trait of God in a particularly well way, maybe that someone else doesn't. Um, yeah. So I'm honored to be able uh, to be faithful and that type of display that type of. God's nature to you. Um, one one thing that you display to me, one attribute of God is God's compassion. You really are compassionate. You, there was this uh, instance the other day where Carl sent me a photo of a man who was walking across the street, <laughs> and I guess his leg was messed up, right? Yeah, he, he his, his leg was messed up, and Carl said he had compassion that just welled up inside of him and moved him to, to pull over his car on the side of the road and tell this man to come over and pray for his leg and, and his leg ended up getting healed. Is that right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And it was his, he said it was the compassion in his heart that moved him to do that, uh, which reminded me of Jesus. You know, it says that exact line in the scriptures, Jesus saw the crowds and because of his compassion, he reached out and ministered to them. Uh, and so the compassion of God to meet you where you are in whatever situation, even if you've denied him three times after the rooster crowed, he still comes back in his compassion and restores Amen. you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He is compassionate and he sees your burdens. He sees how you were treated. Uh, he sees how you grew up and... Yeah, the, the ways that you were not given a shot, and he has compassion for all of that. Uh, he has compassion all throughout the scriptures, even the Canaanites. God had compassion for them. He, he had sent prophets to them, repent, 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 for hundreds of years, and they didn't repent. And eventually, his compassion, it will turn to wrath, uh, and we don't want that. Don't take advantage of the compassion of God and use it for sin. Take advantage of the compassion of God and use it to repent and turn to Him. Uh, For He will not always be compassionate if your heart is not willing to receive it. Uh, So it's time to to receive His compassion now and to make the proper and correct decision to walk in his compassion by doing what he says and by living the way he says. <laughs> it's so much better that way anyway. 
like it's so much better yeah. his way um it, there really is no comparison <laughs> it's, it's i'm really even thinking about terrible. jonah right now like god says jonah go and preach to nineveh tell them to repent of their sins and jonah's like i don't wanna he's like i don't wanna and he jumps in a boat tries to run away from god like that's gonna work right you know ends up getting eaten with the fish spit back out and preaches to nineveh and then he's all upset because they actually repented and did what god wanted to wild um wild god was still compassionate on him and (laughs) what he's sitting under what this like Bush and yeah. the Lord has compassion on him. It's like it's really hot outside, and the Lord gives him a bush. But then Jonah's like, still, he rejects the compassion again. He's like, Ugh. and then God's just like, all right, man, <laughs> I can relate to Jonah actually. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what that is, but I, I can relate to Jonah where like God's like, hey, go and you know, do this or do that. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to, <laughs> and I do it anyway because he's the Lord and like he. I, my life is his, but I've, I've absolutely been guilty of that, man. Oh, we all have, man. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's end this podcast. Uh, this was definitely, hopefully this sounds okay. Amen. Um, uh, you know, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for bearing with us. If there's some, uh, jarring moments on this one, Amen. we'll be back in the studio, um, of course for the next one, but yeah, we bless you guys, and may God's ever-increasing attributes be real in your life, uh, and whatever attributes or characteristics that you need right now, that you're lacking in, deficient in, uh, may you put your faith in those things, and seek them out. Seek out the nature of God, uh, so that the knowledge of Him may increase, and the faith which you give him may increase as well in Jesus' name.